two of the Sim Racing Perspectives podcast for the 20th of May 2018. I'm your host, Davy Jones, and today I'm joined by Mike from Sim Racing 604. Hello. And Alex from the Extra Mile. What's up, guys? And as a surprise, we have a special guest. Our special guest today is Billy Strange from Billy Strange Racing. Hello, Billy. Hi, I like being the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> We wanted Billy to join, and and Mike has some questions that he wanted to ask Billy. So, Bill, so Mike, would you lead with the questions for Billy, please? Absolutely, absolutely. So, Billy, obviously, you're the man that needs no introduction in the sim racing world. You got a long history, um, and you, you've moved on recently from from ISR and started your own thing. How has the sort of transition out of ISR been? Is is where you're at in sim racing now? Is that kind of how you envisioned your uh, sim racing life, as it were, you know, once you departed ISR? I am not sure that I had like any sort of well laid plan. Uh, it, it's tough to tell because the the thing with doing content with ISR, I've been doing videos on YouTube since the middle of 2012. And, and that was off and on. And getting into ISR was a nice opportunity. I got to meet a lot of people. Um, I got to obviously voice my opinion on things, uh, learn about the industry in a different way. And transitioning from that to, you know, basically I'm all on my own. I have, no, you know, none of those contacts were mine. So I'm not going to say, hey, uh, remember me and, and try to, you know, go back to the people that were providing codes and stuff like that. So I'm really starting all over and I guess there was no real expectation when I left as to how popular the channel would be because getting back to what I was referencing earlier ISR is very split as far as the things that would draw views obviously previews and hardware reviews did really well Uh, it was hit and miss with the content that I would do sometimes it was very uh, sim dependent and it was also, it seemed to be anything new was really the thing that people wanted to watch. And then if I did one sim versus another sim, one would get a lot of attention, the other one wouldn't. And the type of content that I always envisioned was, I didn't want to just cover the stuff that was new anymore. And I wanted to cover the stuff that I thought was fun and maybe people missed or hadn't thought about in a while. And so that people could try it out and enjoy the, you know, whatever car and track combination that I came up with. And not that I don't want to do reviews. It's just, um, I don't know. That's kind of what I was envisioning going forward. So on that respect, it's done exactly what I've wanted it to do. It's also garnered an audience that I think is more level and more thoughtful in the comments that I receive, even if somebody disagrees with me, it's not uh, pure vile <laughs> and and hatred being spewed, uh, which was not unusual for inside sim racing. And I think that was just a product of covering so many different topics and garnering, you know, gathering such a diverse audience that you're going to get uh, people like that, unfortunately. Right, right. Okay. So there's no like greater vision for your channel at this point for Billy Strange Racing. That is, um, you're not trying to build, you know, a million followers or you're just kind of doing videos you like. Is that right? Yeah. The competitive side of me says, of course, I want 
you know, to be one of the higher sub YouTube channels or whatever, but realistically, uh, it doesn't really matter. I'm thankful for the people that like to listen and, and watch, and that's pretty much good enough for me. Would I like more subscribers? Sure. Um, but in the end, I don't want to just, and I think you, you mentioned this before. I don't want to pump out content that I'm not happy with, and I don't want to pump out content to try to grab a click. I just want to make something that I'm either passionate about or that maybe I have some knowledge. I want to uh, help people if I can and be entertaining at the same time. So that's really the main goal. And as long as I'm doing that, um, I'm okay with uh, how it's going. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I noticed on your channel, um, as, as part of things you like doing, you feature Project Cars 2 a lot. And I do as well. And anytime I post about Project Cars 2, I get, you know, that percentage of people who just hate on it and just say it's a, you know, Simcade or it's just for gaming or whatever. Um, what's your sort of take on Project Cars 2? Obviously, you like it. Obviously, you race it a lot. But does it warrant any of the criticism that it often garners? The, the issue with Project Cars 2 is it came out too early. That's, in a nutshell, that's the issue I find with Project Cars 2. I think they were trying to beat some of the rush of the other uh, games that came out, especially on console. And I think it needed more time to bake in the oven. I like Project Cars 2 much more than I like Project Cars 1. Uh, but it does have some problems. And I always find that the perspective of what is sim versus what isn't is a matter of perspective. What have you been playing or or driving that you're familiar with? Uh, Austin Oganowski posted something in Reddit about the issues with AC and take his, you know, working for SMS out of it. Uh, he does make some valid points. Um, AC has gotten better about their tire model. Same thing with Project Cars 2 from Project Cars 1. There are still cars that don't drive right in Project Cars 2, but I think that that's inherently going to happen when you have so many different cars. You know, that it being a catch-all and trying to make them all drive accurately and correct, you know, with that many cars is an incredibly difficult task because each car reacts different to chassis flex and tire uh Tire models, tire construction, uh, suspension geometry. I mean, you've got all these different things. It's not like you can just take one formula and then plug it in and everything works because then everything would drive the same. So the task that they had putting all those cars in there, it was a big task. I do have a lot of fun driving their older cars. I think their older cars drive better. And as for it being on my channel so much now, it just kind of happenstance. Uh, they put out some stuff recently that I really enjoyed. And then when I asked my subscribers what they wanted me to do for a playthrough, which is obviously going to take a while, uh, they mentioned Project Cars too. So uh, I've been trying to put that out as regularly as I can. But on a whole, Project Cars 2 does some things right that makes sense to me coming from somebody that's driven race cars. Uh, the way the cars, some of the cars, not all of them, some of the cars feel as they go through the turns uh, does seem like it has a lot of grip compared to some of the other Sims, which I don't know that the other Sims are exactly correct either. 
So I think it's just what you're used to. Um, and I think people should take that into account more. Uh, most people don't have the background to determine what is realistic versus what isn't. Those are kind of ambiguous terms to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that 100%. Like, I, I, for one, will be the first to admit that I have no idea what a GT3 car should feel like. Um, so for me, like, you mentioned perspective, and you mentioned, you know, it's it's what you're used to. I also think that, you know, is it fun? Are you having fun driving it? It seems to be a crime in the sim. Well, I, I shouldn't say by all parties, but, you know, for those that choose to really hate on a certain sim or hate on a certain car or whatever, it's it's like a crime that that thing could just be fun. Like, I think if somebody really enjoys driving Gran Turismo Sport or really enjoys driving Project Cars 1 or 2, why is that such a bad thing, you know? So, uh well, but it's yeah. the nature of sim racing. Sim racing is supposed to be the most realistic. It's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to tap into an audience, if you will, that desires the idea of of driving these cars in a virtual environment for the most realistic uh, experience. The problem yeah, is, fair is that fair enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, and but the problem is, is that depending on your background, uh, a lot of people that sim race, not all of them, but a good portion of people that sim race don't play video games because they think that's an icky word, right? Sim racing is video games. I don't care what you say. It's a video game. People get really upset when you call it a video game. It's a video game. I but agree. They don't, I agree. They don't want to be yeah. labeled as a, you know, uh, a guy that's that's playing, you know, video games uh, in their later years. So what they end up doing is they make this separation between, well, it's not a video game because it's supposed to be realistic. Okay, that's fine. If that's how you you know, want to define what you're doing and that makes you sleep at night better, I'm all for that. I think for those of us that played other games or like console stuff back in the day, I know, Mike, we talked about it and it sounds like everybody's kind of in the same boat here, where video games tends to change your perception of how you view a driving game in my in my thought process at least where i can have fun with a car that may not be the most realistic i mean it, a good example of this would be uh, in race room that formula car that they came out and automobilista did the same thing those are not technically real race cars those are fantasy cars but the fun in those cars is Immense. I mean, those are great cars to drive. I think a purist would look at that and go, but that's not a real car. Okay, that's fine. And I think that's where the dividing line becomes very apparent is people come to sim racing only wanting the most realistic experience they can possibly get. And I totally understand that. Um, my opinion about anything that I've done ever, whether it be racing big cars, uh, RC cars, slot car racing, anything competitive that I've ever done. Um, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. That's yeah. been my opinion. So yeah. mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I guess the only other two things I wanted to talk with you about, um, 2017 was, was the year I came onto the scene and, you know, I, I have a little bit of history that I've kind of put together through videos and things like that. And it seemed like 2017 was just a huge year for sim racing in general. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk in a little bit about, uh, 
Assetto Corsa, Competition, things like that. But uh, what do you see coming? What's on the horizon for sim racing that uh, really excites you? So the interesting thing about uh, Assetto Corsa, Competition is the avenue that they're pursuing with that with that title being focused on one series and so i had predicted something like that on isr i don't know a year year and a half ago that you were gonna see developers start moving away from doing this catch-all all these cars because it's so hard to do the physics for all of those cars what would be more what would make more sense is to either get the backing of a series or to get a certain genre, specific genre of car that you can develop that all kind of land in the same ballpark. And then you can release expansions upon that. So in other words, you work on one. So let's say uh, the guys at Kunos decide this is, you know, this is what they're doing. And then maybe they develop an expansion for it or a standalone title that covers uh, road cars or classic formula one cars or you know take any genre you want i i we used to get games back in the day that focused on one series and maybe they can do that now maybe not charge quite as much and get a full blown title that that encompasses all of what that series has to offer because i don't know about you guys but I like lining up on a grid that has a good representation of all the cars that participated in a series and all the tracks that participated in the series. Because the idea is I'm trying to recreate what I could not do in real life. And maybe that's race in this series. So you might see more developers try to branch out in that direction. You'll still probably have the Forzas and the Gran Turismos do, you know, this all-in-one package, but like Project Cars 2 or, or Kunos may not go forward as hard on that route. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think that's a very healthy way for them to move forward. I hope that actually happens. Um, and I guess speaking of uh, GT3, speaking of Blancpain, they're running uh, Silverstone right now. Actually, that's an exciting race. But uh, I wanted to talk to you, Billy, about uh, kind of the bigger picture of racing because you have real-world racing experience. Um, what race series do you follow in real life, if any? Because I, I remember, uh, I, I got to take you back, about this time last year, I think it was the Azer Azerbaijan GP, and I was listening to Inside Sim Racing. I was listening to the podcast, and it was the race where Sebastian Vettel ran into the back of Lewis Hamilton. And it was a big deal, and it was all over the media. And I remember tuning into ISR after that, and you said those two were just acting like a couple of cats, but cats wasn't the word you used in that particular case. So <laughs> it, I, I, I kind of got the impression that F1 wasn't really your thing. Um, it's, I don't want to you know, put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing it's a bit too kind of pretentious and is not kind of real racing. But uh, what kind of racing series do excite you these days? Well, I follow just about everything. Um, so I may not watch 
a whole Formula One race. Uh, depends on the track that they're going to, uh, if I find it interesting. The cars this year are more interesting to me. Um, sans the halo. I understand the purpose of that, but that's another topic. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like a lot of different motorsports. I grew up in a family that uh, my my grandfather did a lot of different styles of racing uh, from anything from way back in the day. He did uh, stuff with motorcycles, uh, trials and hair scrambles and stuff like that. Uh, he drag raced. He raced uh, what we call hard tops in the United States on, you know, old Ford coupes and stuff on dirt tracks. Uh, he did a lot of different stuff. My dad actually, you know, raced flat track. Uh, and then he went on to race modified and sprint cars. I've kind of dabbled in a bunch of different stuff. I've been the first one to do any sort of real, for lack of a better term, it's not, I'm going to say road racing. Um, I've tested some cars, but it's mainly been uh, shifter carts, a 125 shifter on big road courses. Like uh, I haven't been to Laguna Seca, but that's where the series runs. So I've been on like Button Willow and Thunder Hill and some other tracks. So I kind of follow everything. I mean, I grew up in the 80s where sports car racing was still really big. Uh, Group C was one of my favorite cars, and then IMSA GTP and the GTO cars. Um, I go back to the Group 5 cars. I love I, – I grew up in an era where I woke up really early to watch Formula 1 races, where I Ayrton Senna and uh, Prost and Nigel Mansell, Gerhard Berger, all these guys with – cars that were coming out with active suspension and um, nasty sounding motors, engines. And I don't know. I, I like a whole, I like older stuff. I like modern stuff. I think the, the modern GT stuff in the last decade has been really uh, inspiring. And that, but then I go back to the GT one cars where the Salines and um, MC 12s and stuff like that were running. Uh, Lister storm is such a, uh, an awkward and unique car that I absolutely love it, uh, even though it, it didn't do a whole lot. I just think it was really a unique car to run in a series like that. So I follow everything now. I kind of consider myself a jack of all trades. If you pin me down and started asking me really specific questions, I may not be able to give them uh, a specific answer. Uh, but I, I, I like a lot of different stuff. And I think I kind of reflect that in maybe the Sims that I, and cars that I choose to run as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, okay, Davey, um, I think that's pretty much the end of my interrogation for Billy. He, he stood up <laughs> okay. to I it. I made it through. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, can I ask you a basic question? You, you, you've referred to this many times, sprint car. Do you mean like the dirt cars in iRacing? What do you mean exactly? Yeah, sprint cars in the United States are a purpose-built oval car. They can be raced on asphalt primarily right now in the United States. Uh, dirt is the most popular option. Mm -hmm. uh, so those yeah. are the cars in iRacing. Uh, and that's the cars that I raced primarily, the winged version. So the one that has the uh, yes. airfoil on the top, the aluminum funny-looking thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, so though that's primarily, you know, when I say sprint car, that's that's what we're what I'm referring to. Ah, okay, okay. So, so thank you, Billy. Um, thank you, Mike. So we now basically we wanted to discuss the onset of the 
Next title from, from Kunos in Italy, Assetto Corsa Competizione. And I would like Alex to lead with this section. Alex, if you would, please. Yeah, um, I think most of us consider Assetto Corsa to be at least in the top three of Sims uh, in terms of just pure driving fun and realism. So a new title mm -hmm. from Kunos is always something that I'm very much looking forward to personally. And I think most Sim racers feel the same. So I think... Um, Assetto Corsa Competizione is something that's uh, very interesting and a very hot topic right now because the release is relatively imminent. Um, I think if I remember that correctly, they talked about getting into beta sometime this summer. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot to talk about. And um, I want to uh, pick up something that Billy said about focusing on one class of cars so to speak and the advantages that come from that focus and i have listened to an interview with aris who uh, develops the uh, the physics mostly for assetto corsa and mm -hmm. um, he said that this allows them to make some fundamental changes and improvements to the physics engine because they don't have to apply that to over 100 different cars so in the past when they tried to update the physics or when they did update the physics engine in Assetto Corsa, uh, the tire physics or whatever, they had to apply that update to, I don't know how many cars there are in Assetto Corsa, but it is probably about 100 or 120 or something, um, different cars. So that makes it very difficult to actually improve the underlying physics engine of the, of the simulation. So now yes. with this fresh start, and with a focus on uh, just, in air quotes, GT3 cars, um, they do have a chance to um, improve the physics engine and get in the visual tire flex and all that kind of stuff. So that's very interesting, I think, and one big advantage from the focus of, uh, of this uh, sim. So, yeah, I think um, where we could start is to just uh, go around the room, so to speak, and say, uh, what we personally want from it. What would be the things on our minds that we want to improve over the basic Assetto Corsa? And in my personal view, um, sound is always very important to me. So um, while there were great sounding cars in Assetto Corsa, like the R34 Skyline, for example, there were quite a few others that did not sound very good. So I hope that they can take a fresh look at that and um, deliver us um, a better experience with the GT3 cars. And of course, there's uh, night and day, uh, dynamic lighting, dynamic weather, and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, there's a lot of potential for improvements here. So um, what do you guys think? What's, uh, what's on your mind regarding that? Well, I'll just jump in here. I, I have one reservation. Believe me, I'm going to be a, a, a day one purchaser of it. But my only... Um, concern because the, the screenshots I've seen so far look absolutely incredible. They look amazing. Yes. But will my, you know, two year old PC run it? Because I sure cannot afford to go out and buy a 1080 Ti right now. Like the, the price of video cards, it's, it's coming down slightly, but um, it's still way, way up there. So I'm hoping they don't That's push true. the graphics aspect too hard and make it so that everybody has to run with this game on low settings or not everybody but most of us um so that's a very real yeah, concern of mine point. like again i see these screenshots and it's it blows my mind but i also 
you know, <laughs> the part of me that looks at my bank account and says, I'll never see those. That's that's my only concern, I guess. My guess would be if you run a 1060 or, or better, you'll be fine running it on fairly high uh, graphical fidelity. Yeah. I think what so, you, too. What are you running, Billy? Because I noticed in your last video, I think you were running GT4 at, I can't remember what course it was, but you had rain effect on, and it looked perfect. What's your I run. I run a 1070, and uh, and I'm also running an ultra wide, so it eats up even more than That's just true. a standard uh, yes. a 1920 by 1080. So um, the 1070, bang for the buck, I think is probably the best card that you can get, um, especially right now with the prices the way they are, even though they're getting better. Mm. Um, and then I, I, you know, I, I have like 16 gigs of RAM. I don't have like a super crazy uh processor or anything like that but uh yeah i i think that they would be foolish to try and and make it so intense that um it alienates a lot of their audience so i i i would say you know if you've got a moderately in the last handful of years uh, a moderately good card you should be all right yeah. to run it on yeah. uh, a nice setting and they also want to put it on consoles and they will know from Valve what the average PC is running because Valve do the surveys every once in a while and they're obviously automatically gathering data as well. And they're yeah. also using a pre-made engine this time so I think a lot of the optimization that you would want from a title um, should be already in there if I'm not mistaken about that. I mean it's not I easy to... I don't know about that. <laughs> I've seen other <laughs> games run on Unreal and it's... Sometimes it doesn't work out so well. So Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. Hopefully what they'll do is like they did with uh, Assetto Corsa now is that game is pretty, it, it's optimized pretty well in my opinion. So um, yeah. hopefully they'll just kind of take that same stance on this on ACC when they put that out. How big is the starting grid in this series? I have no idea about that, but I, I assume it's more than 20 cars. Uh, yeah, like at six hours of Monza, there's 53 cars. Oh. Uh, so, I, yeah, so I I don't think that's probably won't get well. that. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> so what do you guys think about modding? Um, was that a big deal to you in Assetto Corsa? Would you miss it if it would not be possible in the new game? Um, it certainly won't be that easy if it's possible at all. Definitely. I would miss it. I would not. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Why so? Uh, because it doesn't need it. It's a different type of That's title. True. It is not That's a. True. It is not a catch-all title, and you still have a set of Corsa that you can do that with. They're not killing off AC. So, I find that, you know, while I understand the desire to have mods, what you're going to find is the physics are going to be based based around GT3, and. Mm importing other cars that don't fit around that i think is going to wreak havoc on a lot of modding not saying that people can't do it i know there's a lot of smart people out there um i'm just saying it's going to be very difficult and if there's an easier way to make that happen a la ac i think they're still going to put that stuff on ac and remember r factor 2 the reason r factor 2 for a long time didn't get a lot of support is because that tire model was so complex and what happened everybody moved to 
AC. So I still see the same thing happening. You might see some people venture into ACC and try to do it. Uh, but I think the majority of people will still flock to, to AC. So I don't think it's that big of a deal not to have it. I guess, I guess, Good sorry, point. if I might interject, I, I guess basically I was kind of thinking out loud, but, and then thinking on it again, it comes back to a point you made earlier, which I think is very important. You talked about them focusing on a series with a smaller body of content that they can really focus on and let the, the, the forces and the Gran Turismo's let those be the, five and six and seven hundred car collection games and i also see that that as you go closer to simulation on the pc side maybe it's creating a, even a larger gap in in the quality of the titles i mean the maybe uh, if a set of course competizione is is purely a representation or a recreation of the blancpain gt series it being as realistic as possible there will be a divide between for example driving an audi gt3 on forza and then driving in the same car in acc on pc what do you think yeah i think you're gonna have well i people already know how i feel about forza but uh <laughs> i uh i think as long as they stick to what they appear kunos appears to be good at mm. um while i do have a little issue with some of the way the cars drive in in assetto corsa for the most part i think they're fun cars they've got fun cars to drive um they've paid attention to detail pretty well in my opinion mm. uh so as long as they keep that mindset moving forward and put that into competizione i think they'll be just fine I think that will definitely differentiate themselves from a GT or a Forza. Um, and I I suspect they will put it on console, but it will take longer. Uh, and purely for the fact that they don't want to repeat what happened. If you remember, the initial launch of AC on the console was not good. And I think That's part true. of that is, I think part of that is they just didn't understand the console market. Again, console market has more gaming people so there's your divide, just like we were talking about before. There's that divide and where simulation people don't understand, not that they don't understand, they just don't care about trying to unlock cars or or have that little, you know, checkered flag and the little ceremony at the end when you win a race. You know, AC just kind of goes boop and you're done. <laughs> so That's true. I yeah. think they're if they're if they're smart, they're going to take the lessons they've learned from AC on the console and implement them across the board mm. and then to make sure that they've got it right the console version will come out later when it's ready yeah am yeah, i assumption think, sorry mike go ahead oh sure sure sorry um i was just gonna say something we kind of touched on earlier was you know I, them focusing on one race series but i think something that's telling and i've, I've ranted about this before is the fact that they called it Assetto Corsa Competizione and not Assetto Corsa Blancpain. Mm. I think what you could see in the future is DLC packs. There's no doubt that we're in the DLC era of gaming, right? Yes. Uh, yes developers true. love to release a game and then add on after the fact, and it gets them a little bit of extra money while not having to, you know, reinvent the, uh, the wheel, as it were, to uh, create a new platform. So I think you could see, you know, a GT4 add-on pack or possibly some low-end, they won't get F1, but possibly some lower-end open-wheel series as well that would lend mm -hmm. themselves well to the tracks that are going to be included. 
So I think that's something else to be excited about with this. I, I, I don't think they'll just release it as GT3 and that's it forever. Yeah. I really think you could see some DLC packs. That's, that's a good point, point actually. Yeah, and you know the the pricing model for DLC has also just gone a way that I don't agree with. Like for example, the karting expansion for R Factor Two. I think you got two carts and three tracks or something it's to that effect. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it was a huge price. I think it was you know twenty five dollars US or something, which was seventy yeah. or eighty percent the value of the whole game. So um, not saying I agree with it, but it's possibly an option that Kunos could exercise in the future. Yeah, Kunos has been pretty good with their pricing. On, they have, in my they opinion, historically with they their have, yeah. little DLC. And I think I think you're right. I think you could see, like you know, again we were alluding to earlier, is that uh, once they get this sorted out, it's good. It's on its way to being official. Uh, there's no reason why they haven't been testing the waters and developing, like you said, a GT4 uh, package to put out for, you know. I mean, and that's the beauty of it. Once you have those tracks set, uh, if you're using the majority of those tracks, then you're really just coming up with cars. Maybe a recreation of different series who also race on the same tracks. Right, sure. and maybe they'll throw in you know, another track or two, yeah. but they don't, you know, tracks from my understanding and um, developers don't skewer me on this. If you, if you hear this, uh, if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. uh, from my understanding and talking and working with developers, the tracks is what really kills it. Like it's really not easy to develop uh, a track with all the assets that they have to recreate where a car tends to take less time. Mm hmm. So I, I think that's just a, b a better way to approach it all the way around. That's very interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I my understanding thought... is Go that ahead, the sorry. tracks really, sorry, the tracks really are a big undertaking, especially larger tracks like a Spa or Le Mans or something yes. like that. It, it's, it's a lot to do. Yeah, I did hear that it took them two years to put uh, Nordschleife together for a set of courses. Oh, I believe that immediately. I mean, just putting a team on the ground and scanning the track is, is quite an ordeal in itself. And then getting that data, preparing that data, importing that data, uh, the textures and all that kind of stuff, it's, uh, it's a huge amount of work. Wow. Do I recall correctly, is it so that the, the Nürburgring Nordschleife is the only laser scan track in, in AC? Or I don't think that's I thought true. Laguna was... Yeah. Laguna definitely is laser scanned. Hmm. Well, that's a good question, actually. I'm not sure. I thought the later the later tracks were were laser scanned. I don't believe all of them are, but yeah. I thought the later ones were. Hmm. That's that's true. There's a list on race department. If you just Google um, a set of course a car and tracks list, there's a list, and and I can't remember the user who did it, but he put every like all 178 cars and then every single track. And he put an asterisk beside the ones that weren't laser scanned. Yes. And I think it's I think it's about 50-50. And I think you're correct, Billy. I think the modern or sorry, not the modern, but the more recent tracks were laser scanned. Mm. Yeah. And it's something that I had been thinking about the in the overall, like from the business point of view, you obviously my assumption would be that five or five would be publishing the game and then Kunos got bought out by an investment company was a Digibras or something. They're doing a deal with SRO who managed the series. So obviously, and back to mods, they don't want 
modding included in an official series and I, I have a list of 10 tracks which are part of the series that runs from March until September so they have a fixed list of tracks and a fixed list of cars and coming back to something that Mike said for example it's called a set of Corsa competizione and not a set of Corsa Blancpain or the official game of Blancpain GT series like F1 which co from Codemasters or WRC so could it be so that it it could be a platform for for different racing series to license themselves and then appear inside the game like my like Mike mentioned maybe you could be a WTCR pack or for example the VLN or something like that could it be so that it could go that way that's a very good idea I think if this is mm. successful and I don't actually know how uh, know how the business model works here I mean I know that Kunos is or has the official license for this series, but how does that work? Does uh, do they pay them up front um, so they can use these cars and tracks? Or um, what I'm what I'm asking myself is: is the actual um, sales or are the sales a factor here? Um, does the series get anything? Um, when the game is sold or is the license sold separately mm. um, I'm not sure how this works perhaps it's a revenue sharing model yeah, yeah I've heard of several different thinking. yeah I've heard of several different ways that uh, companies will do this I mean the most common is just to license it um, but there are some exceptions to that rule where uh, I won't say who it is but I believe that they do a, a revenue sharing deal where you know this gets purchased, uh, whether it be a full title or DLC, and then so-and-so gets uh, a share of whatever that purchase was. So uh, it's hard to say in something like this. Mm. Mm. I'm so sorry, guys, but I have to leave right now. Um, I have a birthday uh, party to attend to. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to say goodbye and I hear you next week. Or no problem, Alex. We, we, we will talk to you next time and I can continue then with, with the questions here. So, All yeah. right. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. See you later. Bye-bye. Now, so uh, the questions we have uh, that, that Alex, um, and thanks to Alex for including, was, for example, what improvements over AC do we hope for in terms of handling sound, visuals, time of day, and, and weather? Now, obviously... With Unreal Engine 4, they have already mentioned um, uh, weather effects and, and day and night transitions. But in terms of handling, I guess AC is pretty good right now, isn't it? Yeah, I, it, it's good. It it could still stand a couple improvements, in my opinion. But mm. overall, um, it works well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's very much functional. My my take on Assetto Corsa, whenever I'm asked about it, is it's good at everything. And and not every title can boast that. You know, I say the Subtle Corsa is not is the best at very few things, but it's good at everything. Yeah. And so I, I think it's just kind of tweaks on their part. I really do. Like I don't think they need to really completely reinvent themselves as a no. sim or anything as no. dramatic as that. But no. uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's fine. I think the night and weather effects will be cool. I'm not a guy that likes to race in the rain personally it just doesn't move me for whatever reason no, but i think me, me for neither. me yeah oh yeah if you're, simulating, me, why, if you're simulating it why would you choose to drive the rain anyway yeah that's <laughs> right yeah. well the I, yeah. the idea is that rain is supposed to be the great equalizer it's that's supposed true. to take the technology yeah um and put it on a level playing field 
the problem I have is usually it's not done correctly. Or mm. if it is done correctly in the rare instant, it's often implemented way too much. Yes. So I that's I don't get too excited about weather uh rain because uh, just what I said, it, it, it's not often implemented correctly. Cars don't typically feel the way they do uh, when I've experienced uh, running in a wet condition. And then uh, it, if it is done right, it's it's way too much because yeah. they want to show it off. You know, they made that asset and rightfully so. Yeah, they probably put a lot of time into it. But at the same True. point, um yeah, I don't I I'm not trying to run in the rain 50% of the time. Like mm. that just doesn't appeal to me. And it, I guess it yeah, also yeah. comes back to the resources footprint they're managing because they have to be realistic. For example, somebody on a 1080 Ti and PC can can run rain and so on, heavy rain in 4K and then what for example, what's available on a what's possible on a on a PS4 or a PS4 Pro, Xbox One X and so on. Of course, it's up to the user what version they run, but obviously they want to manage expectations and they do have now the two versions of the PlayStation and the Xbox to account for as well. So they have to take that into account. Yeah, that's right. And I think probably, and I don't know, I'm not a developer obviously, but uh, I think possibly the console versions it might be a bit easier for them to optimize because mm. the hardware is a set value. It's a template. Right? They know yeah. the, That's correct, yes. They, yeah. they know the framework That's they true. have to work within. Let's do the most with this exact specification. Yeah. So. And then we, we had a comment on, and it comes back to Mike's comment earlier on the comment on perhaps could it become a platform? Will there be an Assetto Corsa 2 in the future? What do we think? Uh, depends on the, the length of the future. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And also, I mean, you, I and something I've often noticed, people will will talk about Assetto Corsa. They will say, well, I like street cars or I like street cars. I don't like race cars and vice versa. And obviously this is going to be a very specific title. So if you're, if you're not interested in the Blancpain series or the range of cars and the range of tracks, it's not going to be for you. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I don't thought about that actually. That's 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 extremely specific. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, but... and I don't think they're too worried about that. I think they still view AC as a viable product. I don't think you're going to see an AC two anytime soon. I don't either. Uh, and I know that might upset people that like to run the streetcars, um, but they still have AC. Uh, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with AC. It's still a solid platform to use it is uh but yeah. but the development obviously has gone been going towards um uh, the competizione so I, I don't see an ac2 like in the next year or even two i think you're gonna if they were to ever to do one again this is kind of where i go back to i think possibly we're seeing a shift away from this all-encompassing stuff Maybe mm. they, you know, in a few years, release a street car, um, something like that, mm. where it's it's just a title all about uh, having cars to race. Or maybe they release just a mod title that, you know, they'll put some content in and that, that'll be for street guys. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I, I'm fairly certain, though, that they're not going to come out with an AC2 anytime soon. And I'm sure what you, what you just 
mentioned, Billy, is a good idea. I think also a lot of the car brands would be very interested in that because it would, in effect, be the ultimate simulation of their their cars. For those who yeah, it's want always to really hard to figure out are. what those guys want, but mm. sure. Now, also an, another point, um, and it's something I think you guys touched on your chat with um, with Mike on your channel, Billy, which I'll link to below in the description. Now, the 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 career section, the campaign, if you will, part of of Assetto Corsa is very limited, and I think it affected the game. And you mentioned Austin Organoski. Austin was formerly of PretendRaceCars.net, which is now gone because um, Austin has been doing some work for Slightly Mad Studios. And I remember that when when Assetto Corsa came on console on PlayStation Four and Xbox One, that Austin wrote several articles, kind of. Pardon me, ripping it apart. So I'm wondering now, and also I noticed from some of the reviews from the like the, the IGNs and the game spots that, that Assetto Corsa was kind of criticized in a way because the career mode wasn't there like it is in Forza Motorsport 7. And I, I, I have some notes here from one of the publications with lists that the game will play host to the teams and drivers of the Blancpain series. Kunos has used motion capture tech to accurately reproduce the drivers and the folks in the pits. And then there's a reference to laser scan. So I wonder, will it be a, um, an F1 2017 type thing where you're in the pits and then there's a, maybe there's a, um, a, a pit, a pit crew, a pit manager, a team manager. And I guess the question is it's something that Kunos really haven't done before. So I wonder how do you guys think they're going to address it? In, in terms ahead, of Mike. career mode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would be excited for that. I, mm. I hope it is. I think so do F1, I. F1, the F1 series so far, I think that's probably what they do best is their career mode. Mm. Um, if you consider it a sim, we won't get into that discussion, but if you do consider it a sim, I think it's on par with the best career modes. Um, and so I wouldn't see why you couldn't uh, put that into competition maybe it's sort of an expansion on what project cars 2 has done with the race engineer or something like that maybe you yeah. could have it you know work on your tune for you or something like that mm. um the thing is i and i could be mistaken it's been a while since i've driven the title but i think you could kind of improve your car in f1 but uh, yes. with the hom homologated specs of the blanc pond series i don't really know what you could do with that like i think the car is almost a fixed value other than you know fine tuning yeah that's i could true. be wrong yeah and perhaps also for the for the console crowd if i if i might say not not to but, but the console consumers maybe maybe expect more of a career and also from the point of view of you see people like jimmy broadbend and super gt they're doing this career mode of like for example f117 career 100 percent, and every once in a while they come out with an episode as are you um Jim, billy with the genetic series for project cars 2 so that kind of thing makes for nice kind of walkthrough videos or streams of people going through the campaign and also it's a form of promoting the title Right. I do not think you're going to have a very in-depth career. And the reason that I, I say that is just uh, what I cited earlier, the divide between sim racers um, mm. that have only sim raced in their life and never really gotten into video games. 
Um, the I heard the race department. I don't know if you guys listened to that, but the race department uh, interview that they did with with Paul, uh, the yeah. two boys from Kunos. Yeah, um, Stefano and Marco. That, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Thank you. The they pretty much said they didn't understand why you would want anything like that. As yeah. far as a sense of progression, a sense of ownership, they're like, why they did just didn't understand. There's like, this is a single player career. You race against the AI. That's it. And a career can be so much more than that. A career can be where you start with the lower level team mm-hmm. um, and have to unlock the other teams as you go along. Yeah. Uh, it, But that's what I think is being has been lost for a while in in sim racing is there's you know we've got skin in the game when you go do a multiplayer race right but Mm. we've lost all the skin in the game when it comes to racing offline and so that makes it more like a throwaway part of the simulation so then there's not as much effort put into it there's and then you get to the point where people have been used to that and they go along and they're like wait why would you want to unlock a car that sounds like a pain in the butt Mm. Uh, it can be but if done right, you get you get a really good sense of reward and progression, just like uh, we used to have. And I'm gonna go back in my day again. Um, yeah. Where Round where you know some of the older games, yeah. and even you could even make that argument for like a GTR two or something, or even well, actually, what's a better example is GT Legends, and people didn't like that, if I remember correctly. Um, to me, I like that kind of stuff. I like there to be skin in the game, a reason to progress, a reason to keep going, uh, and not just have it be only multiplayer. Cause, uh, I think like Mike and I were discussing, that's not always an option for me. Sometimes I have a limited amount of time I want to get on and I still want to have a realistic race. Uh, it's not about me winning. It's about me putting myself in a realistic scenario mm. and, and trying to run a race when I have the chance and not trying to find people and all this stuff. Uh, if I end up having the chance and time to do that, that's great. I'll go run a multiplayer race. Yeah. Um, but I, I really suspect that they don't quite understand that. And again, it's going to bite them when it comes to the console stuff. I think yes. sim racing on the PC is going to be uh, not as critical uh, to no, them That's, true. Uh, that's true. Uh, for the audience. I mean, yes, um, exactly. guys like me, I'll be like, I kind of wish there was, but okay, there's mm. not where console I think is really not going to receive it well now that it's locked down to a single series if there isn't some sort of really well thought out uh career mode Mm. and i I kind of vision it i kind of envision it as let's say if i wanted to be nikki team playing if i wanted to be nikki team driving for aston martin racing and then i start in the season and then for example you have the endurance cup events and the sprint cup events and you start off in the in the in the outgoing Aston Martin Vantage and you work your way through. And that will be enough for me just to, you know, select from the UI, okay, the, the driver, the team, the series, and just go from there and then present be presented with the events and just continue. Because I basically I want to experience the the driving. For example, I'm a fan of, of Nikki's work and, and uh, the Aston Martin isn't in uh, uh, at least AC right now so that would be interesting for me and also for example because there's a new um, um, Bentley, Bentley Continental and, and so on so there's also some cars that I haven't experienced but maybe as you say Billy maybe people will expect um, um, 
more progression from a from a console point of view. But they do have a basis to work on with the series, and also I, I'm assuming that, I mean, from from the Assetto Corsa on PC and console, they have serviceable AI code, they have serviceable service serviceable uh, physics code, and they also have their force feedback layer. So I guess they're just working on converting that to the Unreal Engine and go from there. So I guess a lot of the technical groundwork has already been done and, and indeed a lot of the um, 3D models for the cars also already exist. So they're onto a good start, I would say. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mike, you had a fi- you had a final question for Billy. What type of sim racing is he into and um, is ACC something he would consider buying on on day one or does he want to rate, wait for reviews and so on? So what about you, Billy? What do you reckon? Yeah, I'll be buying it day one unless there's something horrendously wrong with it. But I, I sincerely doubt that. I think we're going to go into early access. That's true. I'm going to purchase it. Yeah, I'm going to get it right then uh, just to see uh, how, they, how they're how they going, how they're doing, and how they're progressing. In fact, uh, Assetto Corsa was one of the only titles that I have purchased in early access. Um, that and along with Dirt Rally. I think Dirt Rally Dirt was in Rally. early access yes, as well. It was. Third so, early those access are the early access too. And, uh, and yeah. um, also um, Automobilista was also early access. Uh, yes. That's so true. take that yeah. three. Those yeah. are the three yeah. that I have purchased. I don't really purchase any other titles, uh, games in early access. So, But I believe they, there's a pedigree behind those studios yes. and no different now with Kunos. And yes. I think that um, I think I'll be okay purchasing day one. I don't, I don't Unless they do something really weird, I, I don't foresee there being uh, where I'm going to hate the title right mm. out of the gate. Yeah. I think there will be a lot of curiosity from the Assetto Corsa community to begin with. And most of us, well, I guess, will at least invest in the early access title uh, day one. Now, um, this is something you guys touched on, Billy, your chat with Mike. The, the online p- potential and then the possibility to compete with iRacing is that something that you guys want to discuss yeah will it compete with iRacing probably not because i i think i don't think so either Mm. yeah iRacing has has found its niche for sure it's you know the go-to if you're serious about online racing um in fact i think the you know, some of the bigger names in sim racing right now are racing the Indy 500 on iRacing. And, you know, Jimmy Broadbent's got 2,000 simultaneous views. So iRacing is just the platform. That is true. The that platform true. for online racing. So I don't think they'll unseat them. But um, if they can even get close, if they can make it really good and have a safety rating that works and yes. kind of eliminate the guys who are just there to bash you out of the race in yes. turn one. And, and, you know, again, going back to your phrase, Billy, you know, skin in the game. If you can really feel a sense of pride about your driver status whatever points or grading they choose to use for the online racing if you can feel pride in that and want to maintain that and again if they can even get close to iRacing with a you know reduced cost to do that online racing could be big for them it really mm. could be big yeah and it's something you guys mentioned in in your chat on Billy's podcast the the cost base of racing the cost of tracks the cost of cars and also the subscription base and maybe if it's all if it's possible to race online race the blanc series online and offline effectively and like you said if they also include some kind of licensing system so that so that wrecking 
is a thing of the past. It, they, they do have potential to be a competitor. And also, you guys also mentioned the fact that iRacing have been have been hinting at bringing um, AI racing coming soon. So, so yeah, it's an open market, I would say. And I think I think Mike, like you said, if they do it correctly, they do have uh, they do have the opportunity to give give them some stiff competition. I think that Ace, I think this title has a decent shot at really putting a lot of pressure on iRacing. Mm -hmm. It won't have the depth because of it's only the GT3 stuff, but GT3 is incredibly popular. Yes. And so if they can implement a system, uh, kind of like the SRS guys do, uh, but maybe a um, guy, it's, I believe it's just one or two people, um, but a little more in-depth, Mm. A little more, you know, a little, a little more um, about how you not drive in just a series, but you kind of continue to drive throughout the whole course of your career, where you get rid of the problems that GT Sport has, Project Cars Two has, yes. Forza Motorsport has mm. online, um, and even Assetto Corsa when people were going online. Uh, get rid of those problems. Mm make a solid multiplayer experience that is, you know, let's be honest, iRacing still is pretty much the benchmark. Yes. Um, make it a make it something that's close to that. You would be surprised because of the lower barrier to entry, how many people would go to ACC if, you know, servers were uh, servers were official. Yes. They were always had a bunch of people running mm. uh, and the racing is good. There's no silly uh, penalty systems or, you know, stuff that's just a rubber banding makes sense. and so on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So just I make, agree a, make a yeah. good solid experience. Mm. I think you would see iRacing really try to start changing what they're doing with some of their stuff. Mm. And it's like Mike mentioned on again, back to your conversation, Mike said sometimes, well, Oh, what am I, what am I going to play? Uh, I, I play ACC and I play um, Automobilista. Maybe I'll try a bit of race room and maybe it could be so that somebody like Mike might think, okay, I have an hour, I want to race now, but I want to do it online. And and, um, and Assetto Corsa Competizione is a good title and I know that nobody's going to wreck me and I also know that maybe I can, I can go online now and also progress and maybe earn some more points. So that's something they should, they could focus on. That, like you said, Billy, that's something that definitely has potential. Yeah, all options are in the air. Um, yeah. We'll just have to see how they execute it. Yeah. Now, so we're running on an hour, and I think um, Mike needs to go. See ya, Mike. See ya. See ya. So, Billy, thank you for joining. It's been really excellent. Is there anything else you, anything else you, in on top of your mind, you want to discuss in relation to a set of course of competizione or a project cars too, or anything? Or do you want to talk about what you have coming up on your channel? Oh, geez, I got a whole bunch of opinions on a whole bunch of things that would take way too long. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think Assetto Corsa Competizione has uh, just a good legitimate shot at so being I. a very solid title. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you may have some people that don't like it and will display that uh, displeasure with the title just because they want it to be something it was never intended to be. Yes. Uh, so I really think people need to pay attention kind of get mods off of their brain 
Um, not saying That's that true. it can't happen, but I think the expectation needs to be put on the back burner for mods mm. and really understand that this is a focused title on the Blanc Pond series and just take it for what it is. And if people do that, as long as, like I said, Kunos doesn't do anything weird with how the cars handle or, yes. you know, UI or things to upset people, mm. I think it's going to be a really solid title. I actually think it could be a benchmark for other titles going forward. So That's also true. And also, I guess, in a way, ba maybe a bad metaphor is like weighing the scales. If you're tipping the scales, you have, you have mods on one side and the people who are interested in mod cars and mod tracks, but also the career elements that are missing the the the, the weather effects and the, the progression and the and the the online like for example maybe you can play online maybe you don't need to use uh, sim racing systems because i can remember one time driving online in the nordschleife in in race room and somebody came in a bmw going the other direction and rammed me and i thought well what's the point of that you know so so right the lack of a bit of a of availability of mods will outweigh the features that people are looking for and i think if the if the experience is solid they're definitely on to a good thing yeah i agree yeah it's going to be interesting okay billy so we we, we um is there anything you wanted to plug in t in terms of your channel now of course i'll, I'll link to a link there's, there's a playlist for your podcast we'll i'll link to below and also also link to your channel. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, it's just uh, Billy Strange Racing on YouTube. Yep. And I just, uh, I guess I can say I, I do the podcasts. And then I do gameplay videos. Uh, I've been, I've done one kind of how-to, uh, mm -hmm. which I will be doing more. And just, yeah, it's just about highlighting things, either new or old, that I find interesting or uh, really enjoy that people might have missed. So yeah, uh, I'm on Instagram, strange underscore Billy, B-I-L-L-Y. Yep. Uh, and Twitter, same thing. Yep. Strange underscore Billy. And that's, uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for and having I'll, me I'll, on. I'll link to those below in the description and people can hopefully follow through and follow you. And, and to finish, if I may, something you said from the very outset, you like to cre create content that you enjoy. And I completely agree. And I was, I've been thinking about it because I, I, I posted a video yesterday that took me a long time to create. Sometimes you wonder, well, what content are people looking for? Is it, is it like top 10, these kind of things? And, and uh, what, what it, obviously from the analytics point of view, it's easy to see what people are, are, are finding, finding a popular. But as you said, it comes back to um, creating content that, that you want to create. And I think that I think that with the ch changes in, in YouTube, particularly within the last six months, the whole Logan, Logan Paul thing and the, the um, adpocalypse and so on, I think, it's I think it's more than important now, than, more than ever, that to, to just create content that you want to create and try to build, build a community based on that. Yeah, I think if you're genuine and authentic yes. about what you're doing and people can see you have a passion or hear you have a passion for it, I think that will resonate with a larger group of people uh, for longer. Uh, there's yes. no harm in listening to your audience and uh, taking constructive criticism. Indeed. But in the mm -hmm. end, uh, it has to be a product that you are happy with. And if you're not happy, I think... Uh, 
go back to ISR, I think the one of the hard things for me to kind of get over was cover everything that comes out and um, even when I don't like it. And I think part of my issue was I felt like uh, at times I could have been a little too negative um, and it could have been like, why even cover that if I really don't like it that much? Yeah. So I feel like trying to be more positive, trying to be more involved with the community uh, in sim racing and racing games on YouTube as a whole from a content creator side, uh, making it so it's not so divided between everybody that, you know, we really all, even though we want different things, we're all moving in the same general direction that is true. Uh, of the yeah. things we are looking for. Yeah. So just kind of having that back and forth with people um, and being able to support one another's YouTube channels and things like that. I think that's what yes. becomes rewarding because yes. let's face it, uh, the likelihood of myself or the majority of people making a living on YouTube uh, doing this, even though I could probably do this as a, I do this as a semi part time job. Mm -hmm. Um, I really don't get paid for it. No. In fact, I don't get paid for it right now. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. we're, we're part of, we're part of yeah. that whole, uh, adpocalypse yeah. thing. We are indeed. And I think but you, sorry, I Billy. think that getting yep. to the, the point of you've kind of found, like I said, I've been doing videos on YouTube since 2012 mm. so developing my own style and figuring out what i want to cover and the the way i want to cover it has taken me a long time yeah um so That's interesting. Mm. getting to that point and understanding where you might be able to offer something that's not exactly the same. I mean, look, we're all doing gameplay videos or we're making. I mean, I like the the more documentary style of stuff you're doing because it's very unique. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, but having all those different perspectives is really what gives people the opportunity to find the content that they're looking for. And there's no reason that we can't have you know more than one person that we watch and enjoy watching. That's true. That's true. And if I was if I was making content for clicks, I wouldn't be making the documentary style content I'm making because it's very difficult to, you know, you're really oh, depend, it depending takes on takes up a huge amount of time. Oh, it's it's immense. And I I mean, I launched a video yesterday. It's over an hour long and I go through through every frame, you know, like frame by frame just to make sure it's as, it's as good as it, as I can make it. And I also think that back to the, the the revenue thing i think that if we were not passionate about this hobby or this this activity we wouldn't be doing it at all because to 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 be in the position to earn anything to begin with you have to start and to have the start you have to be willing to put in the time have the equipment right. have the software so definitely it's it's the the passion has to has to be there to to begin so and i i, I i'm hoping that um if like I posted a video yesterday and, and um, it was Michael, a shout out to Michael, single racer in Melbourne in Australia. And Michael commented on something um, and he just, he hit the note, he did exactly. And also on a final note, if I may, I posted the link to the episode one of our podcast on race department. And someone commented, you know, he said, I was cleaning out the garage and, and listening to the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Thanks very much. And that said a lot to me because I could picture myself doing the same, you know, 
pottering around that's at home. exactly what Maybe I do. do yep. Doing housekeeping and listening to something and, you know, and that's, and that's, that for me, it's only like, it, it, it might only be a comment on race department or Reddit or on YouTube or whatever. And, but that's enough for me. And, and if, if, if somebody gets it, if it's, you know, if it's, it's, if it's one, one person, 10,000 or a hundred thousand, if, if I know that one person at least is interested, that keep, keeps it going. And then I guess invariably I would, I will continue anyway, but it's, it's a, it's an organic thing. It's kind of rolling, rolling and going as we go. So, um, for those people listening, I will include links to, to Billy's channel below, um, the, and his social media. And we would also, um, if anybody has any comments on topics, potential topics or feedback on the format, please let us know. And also know that the, this episode will be, will be available on iTunes and um, search for Sim, Race, Sim Racing Perspectives podcast on iTunes. It's also available on Google Play um, and Stitcher Radio, also an RSS feed. So if you want to manually add the, manually subscribe, for example, in iTunes or in a um, podcasting app on your phone, you can just manually enter the RSS feed and any other related links will be down below in the description. So until next time, goodbye. And thank you again, Billy, for joining. Oh, thank you. See you guys later.